Why, hello there. Yes, this is Gerald, just starting off with the pod, first and foremost. Um, just gotta say this, you're gonna hear the usual intro on the Sundays in a couple seconds. Um, during this episode recording, as I record it, you'll hear spots in here where you're gonna hear like some raindrops pop in the background because, obviously, it was raining. And there's nothing that I can do about that, I try to noise cancel it as much as I can, but it still came in through the process, so I just wanna let you guys know that. There's nothing wrong with you guys' audio or anything like that, it's just raindrops happen because it rained during the process of recording uh now with that out of the way enjoy the show ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages to my two cents podcast this is episode 115 which is entitled never change i am your host g2 and before i get into today's topics let me read you all the national food days of the week today being february the 26th it is pistachio day tomorrow february 27th it is strawberry day as well as kalula day february the 28th it is frog legs day and chocolate souffle day now with the ending of february we go to march 1st it is peanut butter lovers day then march the 2nd Banana Cream Pie Day, March 3rd, Canadian Bacon Day, as well as Moscow Mule Day, and also Cold Cuts Day. Then to round it off, March 4th, Pound Cake Day. Now that that has been taken care of, let's start the show. I want to start off by saying it's been a whole year. Now I can officially say it's been a whole year. I think for the past, what, two episodes have been saying it's coming up on a year. But it's been a whole year since the Ukraine has been attacked by Russia. And now, um... They don't know how many casualties on each side people have lost, meaning that there's only been a couple of reports saying, OK, that Ukraine has uh, suffered 100,000 uh, casualties of death, while Russia has suffered 180,000 casualties. Uh, Russian officials are saying, well, that's not true. You got Ukraine officials saying that's not true. We don't know the official number of how many people have died from this war or invasion if you will nobody officially has the right numbers because both sides are not reporting their numbers like reporting them properly you'll get certain numbers here you get certain numbers there there's massive news reports and articles saying here's the deal here's this many people that many people and they're just conflicting with each other uh situation and articles are saying this many people that many people died but what did come out on February 15th, this is as of that, is that the United Nations uh, High Commissioner for Human Rights did verify a total of 8,006 civilian deaths during this whole uh, attack from Russia to Ukraine. And of them, they were 487 that were children. The rest were adults. Now, injured, their total is 13,287, and of that, children are 954. Now, for me, again, you know how I feel. I think everybody in this whole entire world knows that this invasion, this war should not have happened, but we're, well, not us, America, but over there in the Ukraine, people over there still trying to fight for their lives. You got people over there trying to just avoid not getting attacked with gunfire, uh, missile launching, all this type of stuff. People over there just trying to make sure they're good and try to avoid all these things. So 
with Biden going over to Ukraine this past week, having his big rah-rah speech to them and still like donating and pledging more uh, money to them in the billions, you are still seeing America still stepping in. And again, we have a whole thing about that. We have to step in because one, they're allies of us, and two, because we have a treaty that states way back in the general of the treaty was that Ukraine handed over all their weapons of destruction, all their uh, high nuclear weapons, and in return, they get uh, security and safety and all this type of stuff from us and I believe another country, but America, we've been stepping in a lot. I haven't seen a lot of other countries like step in for the Ukrainian people, but hey, that's neither here nor there. Um, what I will say is this. I want to read you guys something. I want to read you something from the Associated Press, and the title reads, Never Saw Such Hell, Russian Soldiers in Ukraine Call Home. In the article, it would state one Russian soldier tells his mother that the young Ukrainians died from his first firefight, looked just like him. Another explains to his wife that he's drunk because alcohol makes it easier to kill civilians. A third wants his girlfriend to know that in all of the horror, he dreams about just being with her. About 2,000 secret recordings of intercepted conversations between Russian soldiers in Ukraine and their loved ones back home offer a harrowing new perspective on Vladimir Putin's year-old war. Now, in the article, they would detail a couple stories that they heard from the intercepted calls from Russian soldiers to their loved ones back in March uh, 2022, whenever this whole first thing happened. And one story really got me. It was a 19-year-old. A 19-year-old that joined the military because he needed money. He was in debt and didn't want to depend on his parents. And he would just talk to his mother about what he saw since he was out there and what he's done since he was out there. In the conversation, he talked to his mother about whenever he was told of his mission of where they were going to Ukraine, he told off, yo, we were told that we were going to be there. We are going to get there for one week. We are going to take over. No uh, bullets being fired. We're going to come in as heroes. That's how Vladimir Putin's uh, military and his top officials laid down to us and that we were going to have to shoot no one. But in reality, uh, he talks about how he had to shoot individuals. In said conversation, he talked to his mother about how he was told that civilians were told to flee or shelter in basements. So anyone who was outside must not be a real civilian. Russian soldiers have been told by Putin and others that they'll be greeted as liberators and anyone who resisted was a fascist. So their conversation goes like this, and I just want to read you this for a minute. The mother goes by, oh, Laika, you've seen so much stuff there. The son replied, well, citizens are laying around here on the street with their brains coming out. The mother would reply, oh, God, you mean the locals? He would respond, yeah, well, like, yeah. The mother are they the ones you guys shot or the ones he quickly responded, the ones killed by our army? The mother would reply back to her son, Laika, they might just be peaceful people. He responded, mother, there was a battle and a guy would just pop up, you know, maybe he would pull out a grenade launcher or we had a case. A young guy was stopped. They took his cell phone. He had all this information about us and his telegram messages, where to bomb, how many we were, how many tanks we have, and that's it, the mother would reply, so they knew everything. The son would reply, he was right there on the spot, he was 17, and that's it, right there. 
there was a prisoner. It was an 18-year-old guy. First, he was shot in his leg. Then his ears were cut off. And after that, he admitted everything, and they killed him. The mother responded, did he admit it? The son replied, we didn't imprison them. I mean, we killed them all. And the mother just went, hmm. So again, ladies and gentlemen, these civilians that were killed by Russian soldiers are civilians. Those Russian soldiers that came over there, they were deceived by their top guy. They were deceived by their leader who wanted this war. And that's just one story. This whole article has plenty of other stories from other uh, Russian soldiers talking to their loved ones about why they came over there and all this type of stuff and all the horrors that they have seen. That's just one story. And I picked that one because that hits hard. Because when you're 19, you don't know a lot about the world. You don't know a lot about anything. You're just freshly minted. Now, certain people do know a lot, but a lot of 19-year-olds don't. A lot of 20-year-olds don't. And you get my drift where I'm going with this here. He was impressionable because he needed money. And that's a lot of uh, situations that happen over here in the States, too. A lot of people join the military because they need the money or they need to find a way how they could get to college and everything else. And they find that joining the military is a quick, easy fix for them. But since Ukraine and Russia are at war right now, I guarantee that 19-year-old didn't think all this stuff was going to happen. Like, a lot of people don't think this stuff's going to happen whenever they join the army or military, all that kind of stuff. So now... He's going to have to live with that for the rest of his life if he continues to live. If he happens to die, he's living with those memories before he dies. So either way, he's living with the horrors and terrors that he has saw because of one guy's decision of saying, hey, yo, we want to take over this land. That doesn't sit right with me. It doesn't sit right with anybody personally, I believe. And again, I'm hoping that somebody can, you know, talk to this guy. Talk to Putin and get him to understand, yo, this thing needs to end, bro. This thing doesn't need to continue on because it's not right for anybody. It's not right for the Russian soldiers. It's not right for the Ukrainian soldiers. It's not right for the Russian uh, civilians that have their loved ones out there trying to just fight the good fight, at least in their minds, until they go over there and actually see what's really going down. And now, since they're in the thick of it, they got to just continue pushing on. So for me, as a civilian, I don't want to see that from no one. I want to see everybody just do their duty that they know was supposed to happen. Not something that they think supposed to happen and they go over there, they be deceived like this 19-year-old was. And now they got to live with the horrors of war. But again, that's usually how war and uh, all those things happen, right? It's always you go there, you're deceived, you think something's going to happen once, and but then in the end, it doesn't happen. You're deceived about it. And it was never ever going to change. The whole idea of war the whole idea of the military all that stuff is never going to change ladies and gentlemen but i do wish and i do hope that somebody can go and be in putin's ear and talk to him and say yeah we need to end this there's no more need for this you need to call it off but until then uh i still going to send my condolences to the people in russia people in the ukraine and people on both sides of military effects because again they're in both sides don't want this. It's only about one person, one leader, and hopefully... I want other nations to step in. I want other nations besides America and other nations besides China, who's over on uh, Russia's side right now. I want other nations to try to step in and try to see if they can mediate this thing and try to see that, yo, this thing can't end in a more peaceful way with everybody having to let go of their deaths and not more war happening. That's basically what I'm trying to get here. But... 
Until then, it's always going to be just America and China right now in this whole uh, situation with Ukraine and Russia. Now, moving away from America, Ukraine, and Russia situation, I want to talk about Ohio and their toxic wastewater uh, situation. As it's come from the Associated Press, toxic wastewater from Ohio's train derailment moved to Texas. As in their article, it would state that the toxic wastewater used to extinguish a fire following the train derailment in Ohio has been transported to a Houston suburb for disposal, according to a county official in Texas who said there are outstanding questions about the transportation and disposal of the material. A Harris County judge, Lena Hildego said at a press conference Thursday that 500,000 gallons of wastewater had been delivered to Deer Park, Texas. I know that our community was taken aback by the news, just as I was. I also want folks to know there are many things we don't know that we should know. That doesn't mean that something is wrong, and I want to stress that part. Now, further along in the article, they would state that the wastewater has been delivered to Texas Molecular, which injects hazardous waste into the ground for disposal, the company told Kate Houston TV, it is experienced in managing this type of disposal. Our technology safely removes hazardous constitute from the biosphere. We are part of the solution to reduce risk and protect the environment, whether in our local area or other places that need the capabilities we offer to protect the environment, the company said. So my understanding from this is that so far, the wastewater that they have been able to gather up out of Ohio that has toxic waste in it has been moved over to Texas, where they're going to try to take all the nasty waste out of said water and dispose of that into the ground. Now, what type of uh, situation is that going to leave for the people in Texas? I don't know. Does Do they have a wastewater pipeline that Texas uh, moves that water into the Mexico country? Since Mexico is literally not that far away from Texas, they're literally like cousins between one another side by side. So I don't understand it. You bring water from Ohio all the way to Texas. It just doesn't seem right. It seems that we might be pumping it into Mexico. That's just me throwing this out as a theory. This is nothing but a conspiracy theory here. I'm not going to say conspiracy theory. It's a theory. Because conspiracy theory has a wrong tone to it. This is just me having a theory here because it doesn't make sense why you move it from Ohio all the way to Texas. You you don't move it that way. But again, these are uh, bigger situations above my pay grade. My whole thing is that I want the people in Ohio to be safe because, again, I don't believe that they should be drinking any of that water. I don't believe they should be bathing with any of that water. They should try to figure out a way how they could clean themselves and everything else and try to find a way how they can live. Because right now, again, all their water... A lot of your water has been contaminated by that toxic waste. And it's, again, in the air. It's around a lot of places in Ohio. And it constantly uh, goes by airborne. You don't know where that toxic waste in the air is going to be hitting next. The states next to it, the towns next to this town of East uh, Palestine, where this uh, train derailment happened. You don't know what other places are going to be affected by this toxic waste because airborne remember if uh i hate to use this analogy but if you pass gas your gas just doesn't stay in one spot no it floods around the room imagine that now but out there in the open if you pass gas and it's a big bomb it's going everywhere it's not going to stay in one spot that's basically what happened with this train derailment and the toxic right here 
it didn't just stay in one spot. No, it's going to fly off and spread everywhere. So I worried about the towns next to uh, East Palestine, Ohio. But again, only thing I can do is have my prayers and condolences to these people, literally. And I hope that the American government figures out a way that they can try to uh, give the families that are in East Palestine or at least used to live in East Palestine, since y'all have all the senses and you have uh, ways that you guys know who's living in what area. Because trust me, don't say you guys don't. You guys know who, who who's living and where. I don't want to hear that. You guys know who's living where. I hope you guys can try to give these people money that will sustain them for a good amount of time so they can uproot their life and go somewhere else until this whole thing is done. And that's going to take some years because, again, toxic, airborne into a place. It's not going to be a one and done situation. But again, prayers and condolences to the people out there in Ohio that have lost homes, friends, and materials thanks to this uh, toxic waste just spreading off into your guys' environments. Now, on to court news, as has come from ABC News. Alec Baldwin pleads not guilty, waves first court appearance for Russ involuntary manslaughter charges. As we'll go on to further write an article, Baldwin and the film armorer Hannah Reed were both charged last month with two counts of involuntary manslaughter over the death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins in October 2021. First Assistant Director David Halls has already agreed to plead no contest for the charge of negligent use of a deadly weapon. The plea agreement is pending on a judge approval. Prosecutors have said all four were scheduled to make their first court appearances remotely on Friday, though Baldwin and Halls filed a waiver of first appearance this week and no hearing will be held for them. A New Mexico court official said both pleaded not guilty to their charges in their waivers. District Judge Mary Summer also issued an order setting conditions of Baldwin's release, including that he must not possess any firearms, not consume alcohol, and have no contact with any potential witnesses unless it's related to filming the movie. During Ms. Hannah Reed's uh, viral hearing on Friday, her attorney requested that she allow to possess a firearm in her home for her personal safety. The attorney Jason Bowles stated she has a restraining order against a stalker and has received multiple threats after the sheriff released personal information early in the investigation. The judge did give in and said that she can possess a firearm for self-defense at a residence and is to have no contact with the witnesses. Also, they did mention that on Friday, the district attorney did drop the gun enhancement charges that was against both Baldwin and Miss Reed and that crime they carry a maximum of five years if convicted, but they dropped that charge so right now. The only thing I think of is that Baldwin and Miss Reed probably could be facing like, what, 18 months in uh, prison if they get this uh, involuntary manslaughter charge to stick. So if they get involuntary manslaughter, they're going to get, what, 18 months. And I don't see how Baldwin's going to do it because, again, Baldwin was the actor they might say involuntary manslaughter, meaning that you didn't mean to kill someone. And yes, Alec Baldwin did not mean to kill uh, Helena Hutchins. That's pretty determined. That's easily. But Miss Reed, the person that was supposed to be in charge of the guns, supposed to be in charge of the weaponry for the film, I'm not certain what's going to happen with her. I'm not certain if the jury's going to find her innocent, guilty. I'm not certain. But I think as a whole collective, I think the jury's going to find Baldwin not guilty. And if he does get found guilty, I don't think he's going to do 18 months. The only person I think is going to do like hard crime out of this 
out of the two is going to be Miss Reed, just because she was the person that was supposed to be overseeing of the weapons. But again, time's going to tell. We're just starting off with this whole thing with uh, Baldwin and Miss Reed here. And again, I thought this thing was already handled, but we're here now. So we'll have to wait and see as more information comes out. Now onto another update from another court case from the Los Angeles Times. Crips gang member sentenced to 60 years in prison in murder of Nipsey Hussle. Los Angeles County Superior Court Judge H. Clay Jack sentenced Eric Holder Jr. to 25 years to life in state prison for murdering Nipsey Hussle and an additional 25 years to life based on a sentencing enhancement because he used a gun. Holder must serve an additional 10 years in prison on assault convictions for shooting two other men who were with Hussle the day of the killing. Jack said this is another one of those cases that I thought was already handled you didn't hear much about it what I think the court case started what last year last year I believe it started it didn't start this year so it started last year and I didn't hear much about Eric Holder's situation you didn't hear much about it and if you did hear about it you're probably in the California area not nationwide didn't hear much about it but hey he got 60 years for everything that he did. And again, let this be a lesson to everyone. You don't have to kill someone just because somebody called you a rat. Think about it. It doesn't make no sense for somebody to call you a rat and you're just like, okay, I'm going to kill you now for it. That's stupid. I don't care if you're a civilian or you live in that street life stuff. That is a dumb reason to want to say, you know what? I'm going to take your life now. You call me a rat, I'm going I'm to kill you now. No, don't let it shake you. Don't let it bother you. Nipsey Hussle still could be here right now if it wasn't for Eric Holder killing him for Nipsey Hussle allegedly calling him a rat. And again, street life is completely different. I'm not a street dude. I only hear about street uh, morals and all that type of stuff. But just think about that. You're going to kill someone because they call you a rat? That's dumb. It doesn't make no sense. Now you're going to be in jail literally for 60 years. You committed that crime at the age of 33. If you happen to live all through those 60 years and you get out of jail, you'll be 93 years old, my guy. Come on, dude. This was this was avoidable. I think people in the streets need to really self-evaluate some of their uh, street laws and street tactics that they'd be doing. Because when you think about everything and you look at everything in its totality about what you guys kill for, what you guys take as disrespect, and you guys have to now handle that, I want you guys to really think, is it worth it? Is what you're about to go to war for, is what you're about to do really worth the consequences of said actions? A lot of them aren't really the, aren't it. Just going to be honest with you. And you guys know that too. But you have to do it because it's a part of your culture. That's just what you guys deem that you have to do. But in reality, you don't. You guys don't have to do stupid things. You guys don't have to be ignorant for that, you guys can easily just say, you know, I'm not going to fall for it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go. I'm going to walk away. You can have that. And that's what could have happened here. But nope, he decided to kill Nipsey Hussle for stupid reasons. So again, ladies and gentlemen, do not allow somebody to get to you to that point that you're just going to have to snap off and kill them. Just walk away and just go about your business. I know it's easier said than done. But trust me, I would rather be alive and be able to walk around freely instead of being alive and then having to go to jail and or prison. I'm not trying to step into not a freaking cell in my life. 
So I'm just let that be known right there. So I would rather somebody say something about me and be like, you know what? You got that. If I happen to see you somewhere and me, you could just knuckle it out without no cops or nothing, no none of that. I'll do it. But a lot of these people don't know how to piece up people with fists and everything else. But anywho, again, I'm not going to be going into jail for nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, PSA time. If somebody says something about you, just walk away. It's not that serious for you to try to get a gun and start popping off on somebody. Don't do it, all right? Now on to more court news, as it's come from CNN Entertainment. R. Kelly, already serving 30 years for sex trafficking, sentenced to 20 years in federal child porn case. Disgraced R&B singer R. Kelly was sentenced to 20 years in prison in a Chicago federal courtroom Thursday following his conviction last year on charges of child pornography and enticement of a minor his second such lengthy sentence in the past year. R. Kelly, who's 56, is already serving 30 years for his conviction in 2021 on racketeering and sex trafficking charges. Now, the judge in this case said Thursday that 19 out of the 20 years of prison sentence would be served consecutively or concurrently at the same time as his other previous sentence, so meaning that R. Kelly is going to be serving that 20 years along with the 30 years at the exact same time, so R. Kelly probably could get out at the age of 80. And to be honest with you, I don't know what my man's going to be doing. I know at the age of 80, if he gets out, there's still going to be certain people around here that's going to uh, try to hire him to sing. There's going to be people. There's going to be people right now. Matter of fact, there's people right now that still support R. Kelly and don't believe in all the charges that he got brought up with. But I think everybody knows deep down in their heart, if we're really going to be honest, R. Kelly did all these things. And I think that What's really sad is that there's a lot of people that haven't been charged. There's a lot of management. There's a lot of people in this camp that knew about these things that were not arrested and charged with them. Because when you think about everybody that had to be around him that knew about these girls being underage and all this uh, debauchery going around him, you would think they'll be charged too. I would think they should be charged, me personally. Because if my people was around certain individuals, my people would get locked up along with the prime uh, culprit. That's exactly what happens. And as I'm thinking about it, I don't think there's nobody that has been around him that's got locked up besides R. Kelly. I don't think no management. I don't think no uh, security. I don't think no touring agent or manager. I don't think nobody else but R. Kelly has been locked up. Did R. Kelly do these things? Yes, but he had helped to acquire these women. So I think that people that were around R. Kelly in these circumstances should be locked up with R. Kelly as well. But getting back to the point, R. Kelly will be able to get out probably by the age of 80, but I have no idea what he's going to do. And personally, I'm not surprised somebody hasn't got to R. Kelly yet, personally. As much as you hear about people in jail not liking uh, dudes messing around with children and all this type of stuff, when they hear about an adult messing around with somebody that was 14 or 13 or 15, and this is all what R. Kelly is known for, at least messing around with people of younger ages, you would think that people in prison would try to get at him for that. Now, has it happened? I don't know. Not a lot has been really like written about R. Kelly's time in prison. But I would think that if all those things are true for what we hear about prison, about them not liking dudes like him. He would have got roughed up a lot. But again, those things stay in-house. And until they come out with that information, the only thing I could do is just wonder, has he been punched? Has he been stomped down? Has What has come of R. Kelly's time in prison? But we do know he has been tacked on 20 more years onto his uh, 
jail sentence. Now onto another jail sentence. As this comes from Variety, Harvey Weinstein has been sentenced to 16 years, effectively ensuring the former Hollywood mogul and convicted rapist will spend the rest of his life behind bars. Weinstein's sentencing was held in downtown Los Angeles on Thursday morning, nearly two months after his Los Angeles trial concluded with a jury convicting him on three counts of rape and sexual assault. Harvey Weinstein is already serving a 23-year sentence in New York after being convicted of rape and sexual assault in that jurisdiction in his 2020 criminal trial. On Thursday, the judge ordered Weinstein to serve his L.A. sentence consecutively after New York. Before he was sentenced, Weinstein addressed the court, making one final plea to the judge. I maintain that I'm innocent. This is about money and coming after me. Please don't sentence me to life in prison. I don't deserve it. There are so many things wrong with this case. There is no evidence. This is a setup. I beg your mercy. But as you can tell, that stuff did not happen. Uh, he's now going to be sentenced to jail. And it is what it is. The Me Too movement, it got people out of here. And I'm not mad at it. I just have a question with certain individuals. Now, my thing is, and this is going to get me into some backlash, and I don't mean it for it to be that way, but I have questions about some things here. And before I get to those questions, I want to make this very clear. I stand with all victims of sexual assault, all victims that have been accused of sexually assault that ends up not being true. I stand with everybody that has been abused. I stand with everybody that has been wronged just completely, okay? So I just want to throw that out there. Now, the question that I have, you know when you're in Hollywood, or at least when you're going to Hollywood and you want to be an actor, actress, or somebody that wants to just work in an entertainment business out there, you have to pay the price of admission. Now, people might say, Gerald, what's the price of admission? Well, you have to go to... uh places that you might not want to go to. You might have to go out to events and try to network. You might have to do all these other things. You have to go take acting classes. You have to go and uh, be a shadow to somebody that's working in the Hollywood business and etc. Now, there might be a case that in the actor and actresses, the people that want to be literally have their names and lights and actually be in front of the uh, silver screen, they will have to or I'm not going to say they have to, because there's been cases that certain actresses and actors have not. But a lot of them have been in situations where they have to do strange things to get some roles, whether it be sleeping with a producer, whether it be uh, being that producer's boy or girl toy, whether it being that producer's uh, lackey or letting that producer just fondle on them. They have to do these things to get these roles because the Me Too movement exists and you have many actresses come out and I'm pretty sure there's some guys that are out there in Hollywood that had to do some strange things to get these roles. And again, you don't hear a lot out of the dudes, but if the dudes were to ever come out, that would be great because you know what? That would be able to get more of these nasty dudes out of here and also some women that are probably some uh, monsters out here as well that hasn't been caught but i digress dudes are not going to be out here coming forth coming uh as much as women i already know the reason why dudes we have that machismo stuff in us and all that type of stuff about not coming out about getting assaulted sexually or and all that type of stuff i get it because that's why i'm not even going to press it on this what i am going to press is when you see and you look back at 
award ceremonies, whether it be the Oscars, the Grammys, and all these type of things for these high prizes in Hollywood and entertainment business. And when you see the actors and actresses that win them, those prizes, and they end up thanking their abuser, and then years later you hear them condemn their abusers, it makes me think, why did you thank them at that time? You could have thanked your family, you could have thanked their your cast that you worked with, you didn't have to thank the producer. People might say, well, he didn't, he or she didn't thank the producer. Well, guess what? There's not for them to do that. People can say, oh, that was just an oversight. And you could have your publicist and PR manager literally come up with any excuse to make you sound good to the public for why you didn't uh, remember to mention your producer's name in your acceptance speech. But you end up seeing these actresses and actors that years later say, yo, I got abused by this producer and all this type of stuff. After you see them win the awards, I just have a question of, are these actors having buyer's remorse years later after seeing said producer going out there and assaulting other up and coming actors and actresses or hearing about them still assaulting upcoming in actors and actresses? It's just me thinking I'm not in Hollywood, so I don't know the answer to that. Because you never really truly get the somber stories. I mean, you get somber stories, but I mean, like, you don't really get to the nitty gritty of the situation of, hey, listen, I did what I had to do because I wanted this role for this. And now after hearing this man constantly doing this and that, yeah, I wish I could have went back and told about this guy and never have taken the role. You don't really hear those type of stories. You always hear the sad, somber of, hey, I was down on my luck, and he is a great movie executive that has a lot of power, and if I could get in his films, that means that I could open up the doors for me. So they know what they are doing technically at this time. They know what the price of admission is, but it's just that you always hear the sad story of it. My question is, and this goes for everyone in Hollywood, do you really know the price of admission? Because to me, whenever you sign up and you pay your price of admission, I don't think you could truly have so much of a what was me type story. I think the people that get, I think the people that have the opportunity to sell their souls but don't, I think they're the people that actually could come out here and say, yo, this is what happened. This person tried to get me out here to sell my soul. I didn't do it. I'm warning every single person out here in Hollywood, don't do it. Anybody that's up and coming, don't do it. Trust me, you got to continue grinding yourself out. You got to continue following the process and following the program. And trust me, if you do that, hey, you might end up here or you can even surpass me. I think more of those stories need to be told instead of the woe is me from people that ended up selling their souls when you look at their television catalog, their movie catalog, and seeing exactly who those producers were. I think those type of stories need to be told more, and I think that people that didn't sell their souls need to be holding certain people that sold their souls feet to the fire, because they knew about these things. I think a lot of people in Hollywood know about a lot of nasty, shady, dirty, undertaking business that happens, and a lot of it doesn't get called out until... You hear somebody that's retired coming out and saying something or somebody is not working or not uh, having jobs out here saying, yo, 
I got molested or I got assaulted by this producer back in 2000 or back in the 90s. And then you get these renaissance people that come out and say, hey, I had the same experience from this movie director or producer that ended up wanting me to do these things to get these roles. And yes, I did it. I don't feel happy about it, but I did it. But now I want this thing to stop. I want the cycle to end. I'm happy about all that stuff happening, but I need more of the people that are working in Hollywood right now that are constantly working, that are at the top to say, hey, this producer is a nasty guy. Get him out of here. Because guess what? You can affect more change with a actor that is out here right now that's known, that is probably the highest paid actor, highest paid actress that is known to say, hey, I got molested by this producer or this uh, executive. And then you can get those producers and executives out of there way more quicker than with somebody that's retired because it always stops or starts at the top. If you get somebody that's the hot brand new toy that Hollywood's trying to get or is at the top of Hollywood and they say something, guess what? All business pays attention to what that person at the top says. So if you can get someone like probably Dwayne The Rock Johnson, because right now he's the highest paid actor in Hollywood and he had a bad experience with a executive or producer that probably tried to get at him and did something foul to him. If he were to say, yo, this guy was completely unprofessional. He tried to do something to me. You don't think that businesses will stop working with uh, that producer and that executive? You're out your mind. People would stop working with them. As a matter of fact, more actors and more A-list actors will come out and say, yo, I had the exact same experience too. But somehow, some way, Hollywood doesn't have that type of situation. It's almost like they want to keep things secretive and only time you get to hear things is whenever is the old retired actors and actresses come out. So my plea to Hollywood and my plea to the Hollywood actors are, if you are at the top, please do everything in your power to get these nasty crooks out of here. I'm happy Harvey Weinstein's out of here. Let me make that perfectly clear. But there's still more work to do. There's still a lot of other nasty Hollywood executives, Hollywood producers out there that have done a lot of foul things that's still being kept under wrap or kept under protection that need to be moved out of Hollywood and that to be moved away from just people in general because that isn't civilized. And personally for me, if you're going to be an actor, you need to know exactly who these people are so that you can move away from them. And you need to know exactly what these movie production companies know about certain heinous, nasty things that happen under their watch. So you know exactly how to move with them if you're still going to do business with them or if you're not. Because a lot of this falls also onto the movie studio houses that know about a lot of these nasty producers and a lot of these nasty executives that are doing all these nasty, dirty behaviors. A lot of it, again, gets covered up because they just want that movie to come out. They want their their money to be made by the movie execs, and that's all they care about. is nothing but profit, 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 and keeping scandals at a bare minimum that they can manage. And there's always going to be scandals here and there, but if it's not a big, massive one like a producer harassing or having uh, inappropriate relationships with one of the actors unwillingly, those type of situations, they can't manage that but so much. So it's up to the actors at the top of the profession to come out here and say these things. So for the actors that are at the top and that have nasty experiences with previous uh, Hollywood executives or current Hollywood executives or previous Hollywood producers or 
current Hollywood producers, yo, you guys need to say something so that up-and-coming actors and actresses can avoid the production houses and also avoid these movie producers so that no other person can get touched ever again. Well, at least within your control of it. So you can say, hey, I told you guys this was going to happen. We told you this is what this guy does. And you guys didn't get him out of here. Then that's where you could place all the blame specifically on Hollywood. And you could place all the blame specifically on the person that continued to want to work with said Hollywood producer or said Hollywood executive. Now, continuing on with court cases, as has come from the New York Post, ex-Kentucky student Sophia Rosing indicted by grand jury after racist assault captured on viral video. For the people that do not remember, this happened around November, like the beginning of November. Um, there was a white University of Kentucky student who no longer goes to University of Kentucky. Uh, she came into uh, one of the campus's residence halls. She was drunk, and she got at a 19-year-old black uh, student worker who worked there as, I believe, like, the person that has to ring in to let them in and, like, go to their dorms and all that type of stuff. Uh, the girls start to spout racist uh, slurs to her, repeatedly calling her the N-word, saying things like, do my chores, it's not my fault that you're black, it's not my fault that you're ugly, and, again, proceed to constantly still say the N-word. Ultimately, the white uh, former student would end up being arrested, and she would be arrested on six charges, which are third-degree assault on a police officer because she tried to resist the arrest and bit one of the officers, two counts of fourth-degree assault, second-degree disorderly conduct, and alcohol intoxication. So with Sophia now finally being indicted, her next court date will be on March 17th for her arraignment. I just wanted to keep y'all updated on that. Personally, I thought this situation was already handled by now, but as I can see, that's not the case. They're finally just getting to it, so hopefully this thing will end before this year is done with. And let this be a lesson to someone that is not able to handle their alcohol, especially since they're at a university where they're away from their parents and they're, quote unquote, getting a life of what it's like to be an adult. Do not drink alcohol if you do not know your limit. If you know you can get buzzed off of one drink, take half of a drink just so you can stay steady and be able to go home. Don't drink and drive. I'm talking about just like walking home and all that type of jazz. Do not get so drunk or drink so much that you get so drunk that you don't know what you're doing or what you're saying. Because guess what? A lot of people hide a lot of their true feelings. And then once they become drunk, a lot of their true feelings comes out. And then people start to see who you truly are instead of that mask that you've been wearing all day. So I would like to say for the people that aren't wearing a mask and they're just being themselves all day and they're still a pleasant person. And then when they get drunk and they say some real foul things, don't drink. For people that are wearing a mask and then when they get drunk and they show their true selves, don't drink. Continue to wear your mask. You know what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And also be mindful because anything that you do stupidly, there's always going to be a camera around. There's always going to be someone around recording it. And guess what? Your life will never be the same. It can go up or go down. More than likely, it's probably going to go down. But just be known that your actions are going to be recorded and that people will always and forever judge you off of that incident of you acting belligerent. Now, moving away from one nut to another nut, as this comes from NBC News, TV journalist killed while reporting on Florida shooting was a major talent, his ex-news director says. A Florida reporter who was fairly shot on the job after the suspect in an early shooting returned to the crime scene, authority says, has been identified as Dylan Lyons of Spectrum News 13 in Orlando. 
Lyons, a 24-year-old Philadelphia native and another Spectrum News 13 employee, photojournalist Jesse Walden, was shot around 4 p.m. Wednesday while covering the homicide of a woman in Pine Hills just outside Orlando. Walden was critically injured but survived, Orange County Sheriff John Minna said. You know, Dylan was a reporter I work with every day, Walden said later in an interview from his hospital bed. We were friends. More than anything, Walden said. Lyons loved being a reporter. He really did a good job, he said. The deaf alliance who joined Spectrum News 13 as a multimedia journalist in July 2022 sparked an outpouring of grief from loved ones and newsroom colleagues. Continuing on into the article, shooting suspect Keith Melvin Moses is being held in connection with the killings of Lyons as well as two other people, a 9-year-old and a 38-year-old. We're not looking for anyone else, Mena said Thursday. He's the guy. He's our suspect. Lyons and Walden were in Pine Hills covering the fatal shooting of the 38-year-old. Mena said it's not clear whether Moses knew that Lyons and Walden were reporters when he approached their car and opened fire. It's unclear why exactly they were targets, the sheriff said. But after shooting the reporters, Moses walked to a nearby home and shot the young girl and her mother, Mena said. Moses knew one of the victims that he shot earlier, but it's unclear whether he knew the other shooting victim, Semina, who did not identify the wounded mother. She remains a critical condition. Moses, as far as we know, had no connection to the reporters and no connection to the mother and no connection to the nine-year-old girl. Mena said, we don't know why he entered that home. So this is just chalking up to me as another case of Florida just being Florida. There's been stories upon stories about Florida, people in Florida being absolute kooky, nut-headed type individuals. And this one just seems like a nut. It doesn't make any sense. You shoot news reporters who are covering a death. Whether you know it or not, I'm pretty sure you knew the vehicle that they drive in. They always had those freaking th vehicles that plastered with, hey, this is news, blah, 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 whoever you're working with, because you see the big old van or the, you see the vehicle, they always got their logo plastered all on the side of it. So I'm pretty sure he knew that it was a news reporter that he ended up shooting. But again, it doesn't make any sense why anybody's going to take someone else's life like this. It doesn't make no bit of sense. But again, it's Florida. I just chalk it up to Florida being Florida. Florida is a nutty situation. And if you don't believe me, just I want to read you another situation here. As the title reads, Florida student knocks out teacher in brutal attack after she takes his Nintendo Switch. A Florida high school student has been arrested and charged after he tackled and viciously beat a teacher who took away his Nintendo Switch during class, Fox 35 Orlando reported. The 17-year-old male student, who was reportedly 6'6 and 270 pounds, can be seen on security video running towards the teacher and pushing her down, apparently knocking her unconscious. As the teacher lies face down on the floor, the student then proceeds to repeatedly kick and punch her in the body then punch her in the back of her head while she lies motionless. Other students and staff members try to intervene and restrain the student who continues to attack the teacher. When police arrive at Matanza's high school, they found the teacher lying on the ground bleeding. According to reports, after police took the student into custody and as they walked him past the teacher who was still lying on the ground, he spat on her and he said he would come back to kill her. The actions of the student are absolutely horrendous and completely uncalled for. Sheriff Rick Stolly of Flagler Sheriff's Office said in a statement, we hope the victim will be able to recover both mentally and physically from this incident. So here we go right here. See, this is what I'm saying. Florida just being Florida, dog. This is ridiculous. 
don't go to Florida. Don't go to Florida. That's the only thing I can think of right here. Do not go to Florida unless you're going to a tourist location and you are a tourist. Do not go to Florida. Don't try to live there. That's my whole thing. I don't understand any of this. I really don't. I don't understand how people or, matter of fact, just the teenage varieties, because 19, 18, 17, the teens are just wilding out here. I don't understand it. I remember being raised up with fear. I remember even the people that were quote-unquote gangsters out here and quote-unquote about that life, they had people that were above them that they actually respected. And if those people intervene and say, nah, don't do it, they don't do it. I remember those type of individuals. But this right here, just starting to see reports of teenagers just doing all these stupid, reckless things, it doesn't make sense to me. None of this does. This, I don't know when this started, personally. I don't. I don't understand if people are just more connected to social media or it's because of electronics. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get when people just started disregarding life and disregarding being a pleasant human being over some stupid action. You shot someone for no apparent reason for right now. That's the one a story that I just told you about in Florida, and now this one with a 10-year-old who is 6'6", 270. I mean, my man's about as tall as an adult adult. And you mean to tell me you pushed a teacher down because she took away your Nintendo Switch? You beat her up as she's laying on the ground, motionless, because she took away your Nintendo Switch, and then even when the police come, and they got you, and they are walking you out of here, and you still see her, you spit on her and say that you're going to come back and kill her. Come on, dude. This is ridiculous. This uh, this doesn't make any sense. I hope the 17-year-old gets checked into a mental institute, to be honest with you, because that doesn't seem right. It just doesn't seem correct at all. And no, I don't care how anybody wants to say it. It doesn't seem right. I remember point blank when I was a kid and I had some type of cards or something at the schoolhouse. I got my cards taken away from me, and I didn't throw a fit. I didn't throw a hissy fit because you know what? I was raised up the right way. I was like, all right, cool. My cards got taken away. I eventually got them cards back, but they got taken away. And that's what's going to happen. He would have gotten his Nintendo Switch back. Well, she would have took it probably about, what, the end of the day, handed back after you got back with her and talk to her about the situation, you would have gotten it back, I don't understand, I don't understand the situation there of this attack, but again, it's Florida being Florida, I'll chalk it up to that, so anyone that's in Florida, I pray for you, I truly do, because you guys got a lot of people who's not too well off in the head over there, to be honest with you, again, this isn't just me just saying this, I just read you off two stories, and there's multiple stories about certain actions about people just not being all the way there, There's a lot of people in Florida that are not all the way there mentally. So again, I'm going to wish everybody safety, security, all that good stuff as they take care of what they have to take care of in Florida. Just make it back to your home safe and soundly. And please, for the love of God, do not, and I please, and I really do mean this, do not get into no altercations with a legit Floridian because things could get wild, things could get reckless. And things could, well, ultimately end up in death. Because again, it's not just me saying this. It's the two stories that I just read off to you. And again, there's countless other stories to back up my claim.
Now on to my final topic before I get you guys out of here. As this article states from People, Georgia woman crashes SUV into Popeye's building after her order didn't include biscuits. A Georgia woman allegedly drove her car into a Popeye's building after finding that biscuits were missing from her order, authorities said. Last week, Belinda Miller of Augusta, Georgia allegedly became irate at a food items missing and was still unsatisfied when staffers fixed it, according to a Richmond County Sheriff's Office incident report obtained by WJBF-TV. Miller, who was 50, left the location, the outlet reported, before she returned and allegedly crashed into an entrance of the restaurant with her SUV, nearly hitting an 18-year-old employee who had been standing inside the building. She managed to drive her car an extra four foot inside the building, only stopping when building debris prevented her car from entering any further and then promptly left the scene according to an arrest warrant obtained by the Augusta Chronicles. Miller was arrested and booked in the Charles B. Webster Detention Center days later, where she was charged with aggravated assault and first-degree criminal property. Now, her bill was set at $4,000, according to Fox 5 Atlanta. The station reported that it is unclear if she is still in custody. There was a statement from a Popeye's manager at the location that said that Miller had threatened the staff and even called the restaurant to make threats about driving into the building prior to the incident, according to the Augusta Chronicles. Also, somebody did report to WJB-TV that she told someone waiting in line to hurry and get their order because she was coming back. So this woman had full prior knowledge of knowing that she was going to crash into this building, and Popeye's had some uh, knowledge that this lady was going to crash into this building. So again, I got to say allegedly because, again, you know the whole deal. Getting arrested, got to say alleged until the person gets found guilty, then you can stop with the alleged stuff here. So allegedly the woman drove her car into a Popeye's uh building i find it hilarious all because of some biscuits this tells you how crazy society has uh truly become you're gonna crash your car into a building over food it's over food you don't do it over anything else you do it over food this really shows you how topsy-turvy society has been or it's just been that way but now it's getting more coverage because now in people and it has me talking about it that tells you where we're at in society so, I don't know what to tell you, just want this to be a heads up to any fast food worker. Uh, please be careful, because you have crazy nuts that are possibly going to be running into your uh, establishment if you do not hand them their uh, fast food items. Now, with all that being said, oh yeah, one more thing. want to give a big props to uh, Rihanna, she's going to be performing at the Oscars. I think the Oscars called her up after seeing her performance at the Super Bowl and seeing that the ratings that she was able to give to the Super Bowl, because obviously she's Rihanna, so now they need her, and she's going to be performing her song that she did off the Wakanda Forever soundtrack. So congrats to Rihanna, and I'm hoping she gets paid big bucks for this. And if not, I hope she uses this as another uh, time to really uh, brand out herself for her Fenty makeup wear and all that type of stuff. And it's just a good look for Rihanna. I ain't going to front with you. I think Rihanna has been the only thing that I can see personally that's come out good out of this whole month of February for Black History Month, to be honest. Because in my whole mind, I've been looking at Black History Month as a complete dub. This thing has been dudded out. There is nothing that really screamed out black in Black History Month for this year. Nothing, to be honest with you. I mean, sure, we had the Super Bowl with two black quarterbacks. That's a great thing. But other than that, it was nothing. So, again, I think that Black History Month for this year was a dud. There was nothing here for us except for, again, the Super Bowl 
and Rihanna both performing at the Super Bowl, and now with the news that she's going to be performing at the Oscars, and basically her being the shining beacon for uh, Black History Month here. That's the only thing I can think of here. I might be wrong, but that's the only thing I can think of. Seriously, think about it. Usually for Black History Month, you see things constantly on the news and constantly uh, just throw it out in your face. I mean, everywhere, whether you're at a store or something like that. There was nothing this year. So I don't know what this, what's that saying about Black History Month in America, at least for this year. They didn't think about it or, well, clearly they didn't think about it because, again, there was nothing here. So I don't know what to say about that. Now with my whole rants about Black History Month being a dud being out of the way. Let me get you guys out of here. I want to thank Podbeam, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, uh, Audible, all the other podcast stations, because without them, I wouldn't be able to get these episodes out to you guys, the listeners. So I want to thank them. And I also want to thank the listeners, you guys, because without you, I'll just be a guy literally talking to a microphone into an open void. And again, this is just something that I do just to make myself feel well because I have a lot of thoughts roaming in my head constantly as topics pop through every single day as the week goes by and now I'm able just to uh throw it out to you guys and now for you guys to listen to it that just uh feels great so again this is not me just uh going on a soapbox I really do appreciate you all for downloading an episode so always remember I love you I do love you all. I thank you. Always look into the episode description because if you feel suicidal or you feel depressed, ladies and gentlemen, please call the National Suicide Hotline. I still have that uh, number in the episode description. That number is there. I want everybody to live. I want everybody to uh, see another day because, boy, oh, boy, it would be real, real hard on your loved ones without you if you decide to self-transition over and they feel that they can do something to help you out. So please call that number and speak to someone. My email is always there. Also in the episode description, if you want to email me, my email is there and I can talk to you if you want to do that. Um, just know you always have somebody to speak to. I truly do mean what I say with that too. My email is always there and I am there checking it every single day. So there you go for that one. Um, I want everybody to have a great Sunday, a great beginning of your week. Please uh, walk into the week with your right foot forward, meaning have a positive attitude. Because when you have a positive attitude going into something, guess what? You're going to at least end up with a positive result out of it. And if not, well, you can always say, well, I came into it positively and hopefully somebody took notice of my positive uh, efforts and it can lead to something down the line. It might not be immediately, but it could be something bigger than what you're looking at right now down the line so step into this week with uh positive thoughts and positive actions going into whatever you want to go into so again i wasted enough of your time i love you all i thank you this is a goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet solid voice again this has been my two cents podcast hosted by g2 he is i and i am him i love you all i thank you also i would like to say thank you to the people that did download uh wednesday's episode of midweek breakdown i talked a little bit about news topics that happened earlier in the week and i'm going to be doing the exact same thing this following wednesday but i'm going to let you know right now i'm going to be talking about ai because i'm going to be watching the movie megan is on peacock and i want to say this is not an ad it's just me just fluently just saying i'm going to be watching that movie and wednesday i'm going to be talking about ai just to let you guys know what's going to be popping up on your uh, midweek breakdown for wednesday but with that i love you all i thank you and kanye could you please take these people home? I'm tired, you tired, uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.